Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to another episode of Say Why to Drugs with me, Dr. Susie Gage. I'm a psychologist at the University of Bristol interested in understanding associations between substance use and mental health. And in this podcast, we look at a different recreational drug each week, discuss its harms, but also any potential benefits it might have and bust some of the myths that might surround it. And in this episode, I'm talking with Scroobius Pip about amphetamine. Say why to drugs with Dr. Susie Gage. Okay, so let's talk about amphetamines. Yes. Amphetamines are a synthetic derivation of ephedrine, which is extracted from the ephedra plant, uh, which has been commonly used in Chinese medicine. Right. It was first synthesised in around 1885, 1887, I think. Wow. And in the 1930s, it was first used sort of medically as an inhaler for asthmatics. It's a drug that was sort of first really came to attention during World War II because both the Allies and the Germans were using amphetamine pills, or in fact the Allies were using amphetamine pills and the Germans were using methamphetamine pills. Right. Amphetamine in its sort of crystal powder form is a kind of white, off-white, pinkish powder. It can also be in pills. It can also get what's known colloquially as amphetamine base, but this isn't the same as like a free base. Right. It's like a putty kind of thing. Okay. And you can also get an amphetamine-free base, that's why it's quite confusing, uh, which is like an oily liquid. Right. And then methamphetamine is another form or like a slightly different derivation of amphetamine, which is sort of larger crystals. Yeah. Um, so what is, do you think? Is sorry. that what they make in Breaking Bad? That is what they yeah, make in Breaking okay. Bad. Just, just there you yeah. go. That's my, that's my point of reference on this excellent. one. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what do you think the appeal of amphetamines is? Oh, I should say amphetamines also known as speed, that yeah. kind of, that drug, yeah. Yeah. Um, again, it's, it's um, to use horrible slang terms, I don't really have any right to use, but it's, it's known as kind of a tweaker drug. It's known as a kind of... I don't know, I guess energetic is it is, it, is it, to bring you up and to get you kind of, yeah, a buzz, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes you confident, sort of alert and energised. It's yeah. kind of popular if, you've got, if you're going out dancing. It's yeah. kind of that kind of a drug to just give you, like, like you say, a kind of peppy It's kick. kind of, again, or realising 
uh, what it is as such is is um, uh, when I was growing up, in particular, speed did kind of seem to be the kind of almost you, you don't want to go as far as pills or or coke. It, it, it seemed like a, a a lower down version of quite immediate and but again quite sh- short term from what I remember. Um, it just being yeah a bit of a a buzz. Yeah, I think it's actually surprisingly long term. Oh, really? so, so it's another one where it really depends on how you're taking it as mm-hmm. to as to the intoxication effects. So you can inject amphetamines, in which case obviously you'll get that immediate hit mm-hmm. onset. Um, you can snort them, which will mean you'll start to feel intoxicated after a few minutes. And if you you can swallow it as well, either as a pill or in a kind of you know wrapped in a cigarette yep, paper yep. bomb type thing, um, and that'll take about half an hour to have an effect. And you can be intoxicated for up to four to eight hours, oh, so really? it's pretty longer term, certainly than something like cocaine. Yeah, it has a yeah. much longer really offence. Nice it's it's much more similar to like MDMA in terms yeah. of the how long you're going to feel kind of intoxicated. And yeah, it really sort of depends on. I think you've much more long lasting effect from methamphetamine than from amphetamine. Right. And sort of methamphetamine is to amphetamine what crack cocaine is to cocaine. Right. So similar kind of base of not base i keep using the word base which is really unhelpful a similar kind of chemical drug with a, just yeah. a slight tweak to make it slightly different but the the difference means it's much more stronger and um generally the way you consume it means it's much more likely to lead to dependence yeah again a lot of people argue in these situations oh again like cocaine and cracker it's it's the same it's the same thing but again it is it's the slight changes in its form a large changes in the effect in the in 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 the addiction in and all sorts of other things. So I'd imagine it's yeah yeah a similar thing there. You could say well well they're they're all amphetamine. It's like well yeah there's variations. Yeah, absolutely. And I, we'll touch on that uh, later on when we think about sort of medical uses for amphetamine as well. Yeah. So the short-term effects of amphetamine are things like you get confidence, you Mm -hmm. feel good, you get a feeling of well-being, alertness, motivation, your focus. Um, If you snort or inject it, you get this kind of euphoric rush at the onset of taking it. So it's, again, it's one of those drugs that the more more immediate the method of consumption, the more strong you feel this kind of hit. And then the more you might feel like you want it again the more kind of yeah. addictive properties it has uh can make you chatty can make you feel social you can f- experience increased sex drive um reduce your tiredness increase your energy so that's why it might be sometimes used as sort of performance enhancer kind of cognitive yeah, I was, enhancer i was gonna say it's an interesting one that again it's weird just you have to hear the right term or name to know what goes like as, yeah. as soon as, you, as you've said speed i know that again in my teens i tried that in at times and it was very much a night out drug yeah. but since i don't do anything anymore it is something i've heard of as as a study drug and 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 a general that kind of increase in awareness or sharpness or awakeness i yeah. guess and so been using that way as well i might do a an episode specifically about these kind of cognitive enhancers so things like yeah. Ritalin, Adderall, Modafinil yeah. um, that were originally developed for as ADHD drugs yeah. uh, treatments for things like yeah for ADHD, but they do they are amphetamine based right. drugs. Sure. Some of these things will apply, but this sort of again it's like the set and the setting. If you take yeah. uh, something like uh, if you snort some 
powdered amphetamine in a club and you go feel like dancing, you probably wouldn't think, oh, I'd be really good at writing an essay yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm going to study now. <laughs> yeah, but um, in a different Turn environment. Turn this music off, I've had no yeah. idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, the sort of flip side to these kind of uh, short-term effects is that it can also, when you're intoxicated, increase your anxiety, irritability, yeah. um, make you feel restless, potentially even paranoia um, and potentially even transient psychosis. So amphetamine-induced psychosis is a well-documented, with a caveat, well-documented in case studies, less well-understood in a sort of population level. And you can experience this while you're intoxicated, but the after-effects could last for sort of a few days afterwards. And it's like all stimulants, it increases your heart rate and your blood pressure, increases your body temperature, you get a dry mouth, um, it lowers your appetite. For a while, um, amphetamine was used as a diet pill um, and you get dilated pupils as well. And there's some suggestion that it's associated, intoxication is associated with violence. But again, this isn't particularly well understood because, like we've said, with a lot of these illegal drugs, it's quite hard to do the research, partly because they're illegal, People don't necessarily want to admit to it. They're not used as widely as drugs like alcohol, where it's easier, but still not that easy to try and do these kind of studies. Amphetamine withdrawal, again, it's kind of like the opposite of amphetamine intoxication. So you can feel tired, hungry, um, irritable, depressed, insomnia, mood swings and cravings for the drug. Yeah. It's interesting. It was was used as, as as a diet pill at a time because, again, it's another one I remember of people going... Yeah, I'll take some speed mm. and, and miss lunch kind yeah. of thing, and, and 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 that kind of thing is an option in in that way, which is again horrendous thought that something that's potentially as dangerous or potentially numerous other effects because of social um, oppressions. It's like yeah, but it'll stop me being hungry. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, let's ignore everything else there then. Yeah, I think that's true for quite a lot of stimulants that they tend to reduce your appetite. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, this um, amphetamine in particular was marketed as a diet pill before the sort of dependence uh, inducing yeah. nature of it became better understood. And then it was kind of taken off the market when it was yeah, realised sure. that actually it had this potential for abuse. The longer term impacts of, of amphetamine, like all stimulants, really, it increases your risk of heart attack and stroke, um, in particular in those already at risk sort of with family history of heart problems yeah. and that kind of thing, high blood pressure. It can also worsen the symptoms of glaucoma. So that's people who've already oh, got really? glaucoma. And I think this is due to the blood pressure effects because yeah. it changes the pressure inside the eye. Yeah. And we sort of mentioned psychosis already. If taken in very large amounts, you can get amphetamine-induced psychosis. How much you have to take and how high your risk is if you do take these large amounts is poorly understood. You can experience things like paranoia and delusions and hallucinations. But I think it's it's important to state that it's really unclear how yeah. like whether you really how much you need to take, whether just a sort of heavy weekend user would be at risk or whether you really have to properly be taking it all day every day and again who is at risk is it everyone or is it specifically people who have a history of mental health problems i would say it's yet another drug that if you do have a history of mental health problems it's probably one to steer clear of Uh, there are case reports of people never fully recovering from amphetamine induced psychosis but again it's very hard to glean causality from case reports because it's difficult to know whether it's 
something else that was already going on in this person's yeah. life, yeah. whether, yeah, whether this would have happened anyway from just one person, you can't really draw X causes Y kind of conclusion. And again, it's interesting because uh, throughout the course of these podcasts, uh, looking at recreational drugs for what they are rather than just grouping them as recreational drugs, it's interesting to see that there are certain recreational drugs that you can say this in all likelihood could help th- this yeah. mental issue or, 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 or glaucoma or whatever else, whereas these... Really would definitely work idea. against yeah. it and it, yeah it's it's a fascinating thing there because the, that seems odd to me it should it shouldn't obviously in 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 medication there's two different things that you could get prescribed and, and one would make a certain situation a, a worse and one will make it better it's the same with the illegal drugs that are you generally just think all of them are bad or equally you there's because of the talk how how weed helps this and helps that and helps this you know you'd think all of them helpful in some way and it's it's not the case yeah and amphetamines got a kind of come down which okay. lasts kind of a couple of days after you've taken it and this is again like basically the withdrawal it's kind of yeah depression and insomnia and mood swings and things like that um and again if you choose to inject your drug you're at really high risks and i recommend listening to the episode about heroin to where we sort of talk in more detail about the kind yeah. of risks from injecting things like infections and then if you're sharing needles, things like HIV and hepatitis as well. There's some suggestion that heavy amphetamine use for a long period of time can lead to uh, irregular heartbeat and kind of heart problems. Right. So we've already mentioned that like all stimulants, it um, could put you at higher risk of things like heart attacks and strokes, but it might actually do sort of maybe less severe but more permanent damage and again it's really it's not well documented so it's kind of something that we can't be sure about but these this is the way the evidence is pointing at the moment so again it's the one that if you do have sort of history of heart problems it's really not recommended yeah in terms of sort of long-term effects on mental health there's some association between long-term amphetamine use and uh changes in brain structure and anhedonia and anhedonia is sort of a lack of uh, being able to feel joy right wow um so it's similar ish to depression but not really the same things but the problem is that the studies that look at this is you can't really do a before and an after yeah so what you'd ideally want to do is take a brain scan and then before someone's ever used amphetamine yeah, and then yeah. after they've been using it for years. But it's very unlikely that that situation will arise yeah. because you'd have to have just happened to already happened have, to have done a brain the scan brain of scan. this person. Yeah. You can't go and tell someone to get an amphetamine <laughs> no. dependency, no. obviously. Um, so it's really difficult to know whether these changes lead people to want to use amphetamine or yeah. are a result of heavy amphetamine use. Yeah. And... It's very difficult to tease that out. And again, with the anhedonia, are these people taking amphetamine because they want, because they can't feel joy in the world? Yeah, yeah. Or is it a, um, a consequence of heavy amphetamine it's, use? Exactly. And that's key to highlight because someone could argue, well, if it's repeatedly something that's coming up in amphetamine users, then it's clearly the amphetamine that's that's causing it. it's like well no as you said it could be the reason they've gone to amphetamine yeah. because of, of 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 having this this lack of a feeling in this way or that way it could be what's drawn them in that direction rather than it causing it so yeah so. yeah 
And like this is, I think we've probably talked about this in quite a few episodes, but this is like a big problem with observational epidemiologies where you just have to watch what people choose to do and then try and infer what's causing what yeah, yeah. after the fact because you can't ever be sure that there's not something else different between yeah. the two groups yeah. that's kind of driving it. And where you do see a really strong difference, you can't tell whether it's a cause or an effect. Yeah. So it's trying to untangle that is really, really hard. Um, and amphetamine dependence is associated with poor sleeping, which I guess isn't really surprising because it's a stimulant. Yep, so it's going to make you makes sense. find it harder to sleep. Poor nutrition, which again isn't really surprising since it suppresses appetite. Anorexia, again. Yeah. And um, having a prematurely aged uh, appearance. Right. So, but again, this is probably due to. Um, not eating properly and not sleeping yeah, properly. I was going to say the the two, the three uh, are listed prior to that make yeah. perfect sense in the fourth there. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so should we get on to some of the myths yes. surrounding amphetamines? Yesterday on Twitter, someone said uh, amphetamine changes your voice. Right. Um, they said that uh, they had heard a myth that regular amphetamine use makes you sound like you're on helium. So right. I'd never heard this myth before, so I did some uh, internet digging yeah. and um, found other people saying that uh, it's it, uh, when they take um, Adderall or Modafinil, so these cognitive enhancers that are amphetamine-based, that they get feel like they have a fuller voice or a deeper voice. Right. To me, I think what's more likely, and again, this is I don't know this, but this is my sort of hypothesis, is that... When you're intoxicated and you're having slight changes of perception that this, you might hear your voice in a different way to how you normally hear right. it yeah. because your sort of your brain is slightly working in a different way to how it, yeah. it normally works. Yeah. Um, if anyone listening knows any scientific reason why amphetamine might change your voice, then please get in touch because I'm genuinely very interested to know whether this is yeah, it's the case. Yeah, a fascinating one. I can understand the the theory of it again as it it's it's a stimulant. It might make you more expressive or more do you know what I mean more more, more punch and things yeah. yeah just yeah but that just comes down to louder yeah. rather than high pitch or a deeper tone yeah yeah okay myth number two I feel like I've slightly not answered that one but um <laughs> I as with all webs with these podcasts I'm always keen to learn more so like, yeah watch yeah. this space and again it's a case of as we've said numerous times on this it's 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 a case of if we've got a legitimate proven answer, yeah. then there will be a legitimate proven answer. Other than that, then we'll make it clear that this, it could be this, but yeah. we don't know. This, yeah. this isn't backed up as such. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay, myth number two, uh, speed can sober you up. And related right. to this, uh, you can pass a breathalyzer test if you're stopped by the police, if you've been drinking alcohol and then have Take taken some speed. speed. Right. It's much easier to overdose on alcohol when you're high on amphetamines as it can mask intoxication. This is kind of similar to what we discussed in the coffee episode in that you can feel like you're fine when actually you're much more intoxicated than you realised on the alcohol because the speed is sort of masking your perception of how drunk you are. It won't make you be able to pass a breathalyzer no. test and it most <laughs> definitely won't make you a safer driver so yeah. regardless of whether you can pass a breath test or not if you've taken alcohol and speed you absolutely shouldn't be getting behind the wheel of a car i mean it's always f- fascinating how how so many myths come about to f- fit someone's ideal situation <laughs> that they want to get their car home here's the solution yeah. if you take this i'm a, i'm safe now 
No. The fact mm. is, if you've been drinking, you're not going to pass a breathalyzer. No matter what you take after drinking too much, you're not going to pass a breathalyzer test and you're not going to be yeah. safe to drive, right? If, if there was something you could take that could just turn off the effects of alcohol, then it'd be the biggest thing in the world because yeah. everyone would have that for hangovers and everything else but yeah well yeah watch this space for david nutt's synthetic alcohol then because that's exactly oh, what really? he's proposing is that you can take something that will mimic the effects of alcohol and then when you've had enough you take the antidote and, oh wow yeah um and i'm not sure how far he's he's got with that but uh it's definitely something to that's, that's keep an eye out Again, if that is possible yeah turn it off yeah Okay, another myth. Speed can clear your lungs if if you're a smoker. Um, there's no right. evidence that that's the case. I have yeah. no idea how that would work. Again, if anyone has any sort of more detail behind these myths, that's the problem with these myths is that I don't get a little handbook of going, and this is why they think it works yeah. and that kind of thing. It's, it's just, just generally one tweet from someone going, I heard this. My mate Mark says, yeah, that, exactly. all right, Dr. Mark or yeah. just Mark? <laughs> Okay, next myth. Speed uses up a chunk of the finite number of beats that your heart can do. Okay. Right, that's a fascinating one. That's a great sigh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, your heart doesn't have a finite number of beats in that kind no. of a way. Um, it does put a strain on because your heart, as we've kind discussed. Of be able to estimate exact time of expiration, right? Yeah. If we could say, well, so far I've had this many beats. Yeah, so... Almost at my limit. I want to go for a run, but that'll use up more beats. So yeah. maybe I should just Again, sit on the sofa. It, does, it yeah. does lean towards a life of playing computer games <laughs> and sitting on the sofa. <laughs> so, yeah, um, no... It does, it does put a strain on your heart, or stimulants put a strain on your heart. I was going to say, so. again, as much as we're laughing here, not that it's a number of beats. Obviously, as we've said before, the, the more you ramp your heart up, the more potential risk, particularly if there's any history or anything yeah, like exactly. that. But, yeah, the part that's amusing is the idea that there's a specific number of heartbeats that were all allocated. Yeah. So, yeah, what, once again, it's a myth that's sort of, Somewhat based yeah, in yeah. truth, but just expressed in a very, very odd way. Yeah. The last one I got was that amphetamines rot your teeth. Right. Um, and so there are lots of academic papers on meth mouth. Uh, yes. People with meth, people who have a heavy sure. methamphetamine use have bad teeth. So it could be due to if you smoke or, yeah, if you smoke meth then you're sort of putting lots more pressure on your mouth so more at risk of oral cancers and that sure. kind of thing and more at risk of problems to your teeth um because you've got a drier mouth and a lower appetite um this can also lead to sort of tooth problems if you're not eating as much quite often what you'll end up eating is sweeter things which can mean yep. that you can do more damage to your teeth um and again i mean the tooth th things you've touched upon of 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 potentially less sleep yeah. And and low appetite. That all goes towards all health issues. Exactly. If you're not sleeping and not eating right, then everything health wise, skin, teeth, yeah. everything is is likely to go go downhill. And and the same with all drugs that you get a really heavy dependence to. If you're heavily dependent on a drug, you take less care of yourself anyway. Yeah. And yeah. let alone if that also impacts on your sleeping and your um nutrition yeah, yeah so all of these things combined i think maybe the teeth is somewhere where it's visible but as we've said it's associated with having a prematurely aged uh, appearance as mm -hmm. well so Makes yeah sense. okay so are there any benefits of amphetamines right and we sort of touched on this uh, already so certainly it was thought that you could use them as a diet pill but yeah. they're 
ability to be abused led to that being kind of abandoned. Yeah, and and again, and again a kind of increased education on how dieting and how the body works, <laughs> that it's not a case of Just starving eat less yourself, and yeah. it's better. It, again, often m- most experts will say the best ways to to lose weight all involve eating potentially more than you were eating but it's eating of the right stuff and the right things to make your body work and Mm. so on and so forth so again there's that illusion there at a time where uh, this will stop you eating and the fact is often if if you're starving your body it will slow your metabolism down and won't want to burn off fat because it's panicking it's going oh we're starving i need to hold on to as much fat as possible so yeah it's a backwards logic yeah there's nutrition is still so poorly understood that yeah yeah, the idea that you just sort of it's a really simple one-to-one relationship of put less in get less out is actually much more complicated i remember hearing a a, an interview with a sumo wrestler and, and one of the big things in sumo is to skip breakfast and starve in the morning um and then overeat in the evening and that's how they bulk up so mm. again it's 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 privileged it's because of that that not eating in the morning is slowing down the metabolism and making your body stop burning things off so then you take in a lot and it it stays there so again that it completely dispels any idea that taking something to make you skip a meal or something like yeah. that isn't yeah, yeah. isn't going to help but um we do use amphetamines and medication today and i think i sort of mentioned this earlier that Related drugs are used to treat ADHD and that potentially are now abused as or used or abused, depending on how you look at it, as yeah. cognitive enhancers. So things like right. modafinil and Ritalin. Yeah. Um, amphetamines are used to treat narcolepsy, uh, which is, I've got written down on my notes, inappropriate slash unexpected sleeping, which is yeah. a little bit of a sort of shorthand way of describing it. But it's people who just suddenly fall asleep and they can't really control when it happens, yeah, yeah. It's, it's often in a situation of, of stress and mm, stuff like that can say, be yeah. and cause it, and yeah, interesting. Um, and there's some suggestion that um, it might be useful for treatment-resistant depression. Yeah, and we've mentioned earlier that it's probably not a good idea to take uh, amphetamine if you have sort of a risk or history of mental health problems. Right. But so this is very much as a last resort um, because it's obviously very has the potential for addiction and the risk of harm is much greater than for more traditional kind of antidepressants but it's another thing that's kind of being researched at the moment that potentially it could be used to to treat um yeah really severe treatment resistant depression yeah but yeah watch this space it's kind of like with with there's a few drugs that we've talked about where we've mentioned that it's, they're currently being investigated yeah. as a potential treatment for depression. And I think this this also says a lot about how hard it is to treat depression rather than that illegal drugs are brilliant for depression. It's that yeah. we're, we're really looking everywhere we possibly can for treatments yeah. for depression because See what can the help. current ones work for some people but by no means work for everyone. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating that there are a, a lot of them. I think there's, there's scope to at some point do just a whole episode of just updates yeah, yeah, here's stuff so. which so not just saying an up here's the cannabis update, yeah. just going here's here's an update episode. It's, yeah. Stuff we've learned s- since that. Drugs new news. papers yeah. that have come out. Here's what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Cool. And then um I guess we should probably end this episode with the usual discussion of how it's a white powder or a white pill usually. So yeah. again, it could be cut with anything. It can really vary in strength, which means that if you're used to it, then um what you might take what you think and it might be completely different to what you're expecting this can make it um pretty dangerous in terms of overdose yeah it's also very dangerous 
to take amphetamine if you're on certain antidepressants, so these ones called MAOI inhibitors. Um, Amphetamine can interact with them and uh, be extremely dangerous, potentially even fatal. So if you're on those antidepressants, you absolutely shouldn't use amphetamines. But I think... As far as I'm aware, most people are no longer prescribed those because they they interact with a load of other things as well. Right. So yeah. they're they're just yeah not a particularly good antidepressant in that sure. in that term. Cool. Excellent. And there we go. Thanks again for downloading and listening to the podcast. I'm really really glad that people seem to be enjoying this series so much. To that end, if you'd like to leave us a lovely review or subscribe, that would be brilliant. As always, if you're trying to quit and you want some help, I've included some useful links on Acast. So if you listen to the podcast through that app, you can get lots more information and links to further reading and that kind of thing. At the moment, I'm not 100% sure what episode will come next. I think probably e-cigarettes, but I might have to do a bit of reshuffling and have the episode about poppers next. But these are certainly the next two episodes anyway. I'm just not quite sure which way round they'll be. Either way, I hope you'll join us next time. Bye! You've been listening to Say Why to Drugs with me, Dr Susie Gage. The music and editing were by Jim Murray. The artwork is by At My Name is Ad. Say Why to Drugs would not have been possible without the generous support of I'm a Scientist, Get Me Out of Here, the Medical Research Council and Scroobius Pips Distraction Pieces Network. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.